everybody to the Don Marshall Show, a show where we talk about current events and hot topics from an LGBTQ perspective. And now, here is your host, Don Marshall. Hey, everyone out there. I'm glad that you're listening in today. And hey, good afternoon, Tinkerbell. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Well, I'm hanging in there. Uh, a lot of interesting things that uh, is in the news that uh, we've got here. What do you have on your topic list, Tink? Well, my first story is uh, from NBC News. It's uh, their affiliate uh, NBC Out. Uh, so it's about a judge blocking Montana's transgender birth certificate law. And the decision temporarily blocks the state requirement that trans people undergo a surgical procedure before changing the sex on their birth certificate. So this is actually by the Associated Press. A Montana judge on Thursday temporarily blocked enforcement of a law that required transgender people to have undergone a surgical procedure before being allowed to change their sex on their birth certificates. The law was part of a growing list of measures in Republican-controlled states, including Alabama, that have moved to restrict transgender rights as the community gains more visibility in culture and society. In Montana, District Judge Michael Moses of Billings ruled the law is unconstitutionally vague because it does not specify what certain surgical procedure must be performed. The law also required transgender people to obtain a court order indicating they had had a surgical procedure because he could grant the temporary injunction based on the vagueness issue. Moses said he did not further analyze the constitutionality of the law. We are thrilled that the court recognized substantial and unnecessary burdens this law places upon transgender individuals in violation of their constitutional rights, said Akela Lane, staff attorney at the ACLU of Montana. The plaintiffs, Amelia Marquez Billings, and a transgender man who is not identified in court records, wanted to change the sex on their birth certificates without undergoing costly surgical procedures. Both argue having a birth certificate that does not match their gender identity puts them at risk of embarrassment, discrimination, harassment, or violence if they are asked to provide their birth certificate. Marquez has undertaken hormone therapy and legally changed her name. Having a birth certificate that does not match her gender identity puts her at higher risk of harassment, hostility, and discrimination, the lawsuit said. Plaintiffs provided unrebutted evidence describing that neither gender-affirming surgery nor any other medical treatment that a transgender person undergoes changes that person's sex, Moses wrote. Instead, Gender-affirming surgery aligns the person's body and lived in experience with the person's gender identity, which already exists. The temporary injunction remains in place until the full case is decided. Before the 2021 legislature passed the challenged law, transgender residents seeking to change their birth certificate needed only to provide an affidavit to the state health department. The temporary injunction puts that process back in place. Republican State Senator Carl Glenn, who sponsored the legislation, has argued that the health department overstepped its authority in changing the designation on a birth certificate from sex to gender 
and then setting rules for how it could be changed. The Office of Attorney General Austin Knudsen, which is defending the state in this case, did not immediately respond to an email seeking to learn if the state planned to appeal the injunction. And are we really surprised about this? I mean, this is Montana. And for them, you know, the Republican legislature and senators and lawmakers to get involved and criticize how the old law was being enacted and saying that they have no business and messing around with it. Like, really? What What are you doing right now? You do as I say, not as I do, I guess. I don't know. You know, it, it's this effort to, you know, really, if you're not living like me and I'm living, choose to choose a religion this certain way, then you can't live in my world, even though the religion says that you love your 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 neighbor so you know so well you know it, it's kind of like pick and choose what's the, what they what's morally right to them i guess but uh, yeah. a little bit on on the uh, lighter side here i got uh, from uh, nbc news joe ukeba uh, this was in april uh, the 21st sir day after 420 there uh musician a uh, musician and uh, actor Janelle Monet confirmed she's non-binary. Musician and actor Janelle Monet confirmed she is non-binary, meaning neither exclusively male or ex- nor female, and discussed what means what it means to her in a recent interview on Red Table, uh, Red excuse me Red Table Talk a uh, Jada Pinkett and Willow Pinkett and uh, Adrian uh, Banfield Norris, uh, mother, daughter, and grandmother. Uh, she says, goes on to say, I'm non-binary. I just don't see myself as a woman solely, Monet said during an episode released Wednesday. I feel all, I feel all my energy and I feel like God is so much bigger than he or she. And if I'm from God, I'm everything I am, everything, but I will always, always stand with women. I will always stand with Black women, but I just see everything beyond beyond the binary. In a Rolling Stone uh, cover story in 2018, prior to the release of her album, Dirty Computer, Monet came out as a pansexual, which is an attraction to people regardless of their sex or gender. Uh, She said she initially identified as bisexual, but then later read about pansexuality and was like, oh, these are things that I identify with too. And I'm opening to learning more about who I am. Now, during the interview on the Red Red Table Talk, uh, she said she sees people, she sees their energy. And I don't know how you identify, she said. And I feel like that opens you up to falling in love with whoever and anyone that's that's a beautiful spirit. The episode marked the first time and they officially confirmed that she's non-binary. In January 2020, she tweeted, the hashtag I'm non-binary and fans took it as her or her coming out 
Now she cleared a month later in an interview with the, uh, with Roxanne Gay that she was tweeting uh, support for non-binary day and to bring more awareness to the community. I retweeted this, the seven universe meme, are you a boy or are you a girl? And I'm an, an experience because it's resonated with me, especially as someone who has pushed boundaries of gender since the beginning of my career, Monet told Gay. I feel the feminine energy and my masculine energy and energy I, I can even explain, can't even explain, she says. In an interview with Variety in June uh, 2020, Monet said she was exploring. So I'm open to whatever universe is teaching me and teaching all of us about gender, she said. She didn't clarify during the Red Table Talk interview whether she will uh, use different pronouns. But in an interview with Los Angeles Times, pushed Thursday, she said her pronouns included they and them and she and her. So that's that's interesting. She's trying to find herself, I guess. Hey, you know, more power to them. I know a lot of non-binary people choose they, them pronouns uh, as their primary pronouns. And then other non-binary identified people choose she, they, or he, they. So, you know, hey, whatever makes you happy, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. And right on. Yes, sir. Well, great. Right. This next story is from Mo News. Uh, Yes, we're beating this old dead horse again. Uh, Florida versus Disney. Florida's Republican-led legislature voted to revoke Disney World's designation as as a special tax district. Created back in 1967, the Reedy Creek Improvement District has enabled Disney to self-govern its 25,000-acre theme park complex. With the power to build roads, levy tax, operate its own fire department, sewer services, etc., for more than 50 years, according to the New York Times. The backstory on this is the move is retaliation by Governor Ron DeSantis ugh, after Disney came out against Florida's new parental rights and education law, dubbed by opponents as the Don't Say Gay or Trans Law. The legislation bans discussion about sexual orientation and gender identity in Florida classrooms from kindergarten until third grade. Disney CEO Bob Chapek originally stayed quiet about the bill, but got tons of backlash from employees. Once the law officially passed, Disney said it would push to have it repealed and will pause all political donations in the state. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said Disney's criticism crossed the line. What has changed is by trying to bring California values to Florida. Floridian said, all right, you're a guest in our state. Maybe you don't deserve these special privileges anymore. Florida State Republican Representative Randy Fine, he noted the Disney's competition, Universal, SeaWorld, and Legoland do not have special districts to operate in. What opponents are saying, Democratic State Senator Warren Osley said we are adding insult to injury by voting on something today that was proposed yesterday. Going after a private business 
that has literally made our state what it is, all because they have taken a position that the governor disagrees with. How did Disney originally land this benefit? It was established by the Florida legislature in the 1960s, so Disney could develop the infrastructure for Walt Disney World at no cost to Florida taxpayers and do so with a little oversight. Disney became the largest single-site employer for the residents and helped the Orlando area become one of the largest hubs for tourism in the nation, according to CNBC. What's next? The law doesn't take effect until June 2023, giving the state and local governments more than a year to figure out how to manage and pay for the huge property public services, such as road maintenance, and sewage treatment. Disney has issued $1 billion in bonds, and Florida law currently says that if a special tax, tax district is dissolved, the responsibility to pay those bonds is taken on by local governments. That's according to Newsweek. Mountain Disneyland? Yeah. The legislation is inspiring other state leaders, including Colorado Jared to try and sway Disney to move their amusement park. Though I wouldn't count on Mickey and Minnie building a new house anytime soon. So are we really surprised that, you know, the, the governor is trying to pass on more taxes to Florida taxpayers to pay for the infrastructure that Disney operates in? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of shooting themselves in their own foot, isn't it? Well, you know, um, right now the uh, Republicans are trying to prove a point. And it looks like in this session, they're really wanting to pull the wire on being free, you know, and, and expressing yourself. But that's how the Republicans have always, excuse me, have always seen to be uh, this, this unwinding or getting people riled up and lost changes. We can't let it go backwards. We need to go forward. That's one of my things. But now, something else I, I definitely want to commend is the GHM that's been helping people with HIV for 40-plus years here. The gay men's health crisis has survived since the first day of the HIV epidemic. The gay men's health crisis, now just known as GMHC, is believed to be the first organization to address HIV epidemic in New York when the first cases of the mysterious new illness was amongst gay men, bisexual men, who were first identified by the officials in 1981. Though tragically, we lost countless of lives to the virus back in those early days. I definitely can agree because I've lost a lot of my friends as well. There's, uh, there's also many others who preserved and survived through those dark times and who are now aging amongst the organization like GMHC. These days, over half of people living with HIV in the United States are age 50 or older. And while the terms long-term survivor of LTS used to mainly refer to people with diagnosed before the highly effective antiretroviral medications emerged in the late 90s is now commonly used for folks who have been living with HIV for decades or more. I'm one of them. 
And no matter how you slice it, there's a huge population of people in this country who are now growing older with HIV, which no one thought. I mean, my friends earlier on all passed away uh, who didn't have the luxury of living as long as I have. Well, I caught it later. But it continues to say, in order to better serve the growing group in the GNHC, launched Terry Brennis Long-Term Survivor Hub 2018. The hub purpose is to connect people to GMH's wide array of national recognized services that support psychological and educational needs of the adults 50 and older. GMHC is also one of the nation's leading organizations conducting research on a long-term survival and people with aging with HIV with the National Resource Center on HIV aging. So that is some good news there. And I'll tell you, it's, it's yeah, the, the baby boomers out there, you know, who've lived a long time uh, with it, who've seen the changes, who maybe started at the later part when medicine was good, but all the survivors out there he said, I kind of one of them. Uh, definitely, I'm glad of what they've done with HIV and AIDS research. All right. So that's my thing there. The GMHC is uh, one of my heroes. Wow. What a good organization. I hope they, they stick around for a lot longer because they're, they're doing some good work out there in the community. By the way, that was from Plus Magazine. So we wanted to make sure that's where I got the news. It was originally put out on April 22nd. So there you have it. And what else you got on your plate there, team? Well, um, not too much. Uh, we're coming about to the end of the show now. And, well, you uh, know, see, we were having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely glad that you guys have been listening in and the different news we're able to find to report to you. And if you have any suggestions or comments, definitely subscribe and, and hit the, uh, the like or let us know how you felt about the show, what kind of things we can do to make it better for your listening pleasure. Absolutely. Have a good week, everyone out there. And uh, hope you join us next week. Thank you for listening to The Don Marshall Show. Like, share, subscribe, the Facebook, the Instagram, and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. As always, stay safe, stay proud, and stand tall.